<laughs> it's Ronnie Corbett here, and this segment of the Haunted UK podcast is not sponsored by anyone. <laughs> so you can throw what you like in. Uh, oh, we're going to have an advert. All right, okay. So I'm back again, and <laughs> I remember the day that I was hauled up in front of the BBC, the Director General, and he said, look, Ronnie, we've had Steve from the Haunted UK podcast, and he wants you to reintroduce some cock-ups from season two. And I said, are you bloody joking? <laughs> I've agreed to do it for five pounds. No, it's only two pounds. It's two pounds fifty now. But anyway, that doesn't matter. We bunch the cock-ups together from season two into a 15-minute segment, and they're all yours. So from Ronnie C to all of you, it's good night from me, and enjoy the cock-ups. Bethel's father, Lord Westbury, was a broken man and was convinced that King Tutankhamun's Turk, Terse, He's now got a toys as well, you know. He's got a course. He's also got a toys. Okay? I'm from New York. I drink coffee. Oh, I completely forgot where I was now. <laughs> it's just, it's really going in the wrong direction. Amber, no. No. No, 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 no. Oh, well, Mrs. No. No, his name wasn't Aaron Ember. It was Ember out. No, it was the other way round. Ember's wife rescued their son while he tried to save a manuscript while the eyes. It's Ken Bruce on BBC Radio 2, and here's a boatload of cockups all the way from Egypt. Coming next, Popmaster. Whilst hosting a dinner party at his house in Baltimore, a fire broke out and quickly spread. Ember's wife rescued their son while he tried trade. Trade. He traded to save some sort of manuscript. <laughs> Come on! During one scene, Professor Frayling was standing over the sarcophagus and speaking about the curse, when suddenly and inexplicably... Suddenly and inexplicably, all the lights went out, you know, they just went poof, gone, you know, no explanation for it, there was nothing. I just, oh, you know, I just rambled on like that, you know what I mean? I just, I couldn't, I couldn't remember what was going on about anymore, but yeah, shut up! Whilst filming the BBC series The Face of Tutankhamun in 1992, Professor Christopher Frayling experienced a number of strange events. During one scene, Professor Frayling... Frayling? Frayling, his name isn't even Frayling. Is it Fraying? Is it Frayling? Who knows? I don't know. I, I just don't know. I'm going to have to look this one up. Uh, I'll be back. Good day. Another production that ran into problems whilst filming in and around the tomb was the movie The Curse of the King of... King of... I've never heard of that pharaoh, actually. Uh, King of... Unless his name is so unpronounceable that that's, uh, that, that was the description of the cartouche of the tomb. <laughs> Start again. Another production that ran into problems whilst filming in and around the tomb was the movie The Curse of Ting... Ting... Ting! His name has now changed to Ting! My God! Have you seen such a wondrous tomb of King Ting? <laughs> no. No, not at all. This sent the car speeding over a cliff edge and landing with such force that the impact not only destroyed the car, 
but also Brad Bradley. Bradley, hey, you know, I'm Brad. You know, he's uh, he's introduced as Brad. He's a great director. You know, he's a great actor. You know, I I, I miss him a lot. I, you know, I try I try to try to keep in touch with him, but he doesn't. Uh, you know, he doesn't want to kind of take case. You know, keep in touch. Uh, his name's Brad. 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 This sent the car speeding over a cliff edge and landing with such force that the impact not only destroyed the car but also badly broke Ian McShane's leg, as well as him suffering other injuries. This caused production to be brought to a halt by the role while the role the role of Hauka Ah, you know, I'm doing Ronnie now. <laughs> you know, take two, thousand. It seemed that there were... N- it seemed that there wasn't. There was just nothing. It was just bleak, bleak landscape. Nothing there at all. Nothing. No. Just gone. It seemed that there was no limitations to how and where the curse could strike next. In 1972, the treasures of King Tutankhamun. This priceless cargo was being loaned to the British Museum for an exclusive exca- exca- excavation. Excavation or ex- expedition. It was one of the two. Well, you know, they were going to show it or bury it. That's, you know, probably. This priceless cargo was being loaned to the British Museum for an exclusive exhibition. <laughs> exhibition. Uh, you know, what I'm doing here is I'm, I'm working out how to invent new words. Get what I'm doing. This priceless cargo was being loaned to the British Museum for an exclusive exhibition. Exhibition. I've done it again. You see, I cannot say this word. My God. And here's a shout out to two amazing listeners who've done just that. I'd like to thank both Rob. I'd like to thank both of them, even though I haven't said their names. Whilst lycanthropy is extremely rare, it's still considered. <laughs> Creatures such as the werewolf also appear in cultures such as Native American, Native American Indian folklore. Yes, when I was exploring over there, I, I you know, I had this uh, like creature with awful horns, and it would like go bounding around and jumping over things like totem poles. Now let's face facts here. As teenagers, we've all done similar things. We've all done similar things to this. <laughs> Ronnie Corbett here. I remember the day that I was hauled up in front of the Director General of the BBC and he said, <laughs> he said, look, Ronnie, you're a werewolf. The ground rule. The ground rules were obvious, right? No pole vaulting over next door's garden, right? You don't do that. You don't want to do that. No weeing on any cats or dogs or hedgehogs, because they don't like it. They just prefer rain. Jamie was celebrating his 21st birthday. Birthday? Me, the 13th Duke of Wimbledon, here at a birthday party (laughs) with my reputation. (laughs) Watch out, ladies. Around three years later, in the same area, I said that absolutely bloody awfully then. Wanting a cigarette, Jamie stopped and got his lighter and cigarettes out of his pocket, lit one up 
and then casually clarried on. Casually clarried? <laughs> My God, I'm making up words again. Uh, very drunk. As he focused on the pathway, he couldn't believe what he saw next. A large, dark figure covered in what... Covered in what looked like pizza, to be honest. Uh, you know, I've just never seen nothing like it at all. It just... It appeared looking like a pepperoni pizza, and it was like woggling up the trail. <laughs> I've just got to say this, that this isn't an actual cock-up, but I wish you'd have just seen my face. The, um promo, my second promo that I'm doing, which is for the Activity Continues podcast, came on really loud as I was reading this story out, and I've literally just pooed myself. In April 2007, a scout leader who was taking a walk in the Canuck Chase further forth was out there, and he stumbled across something that looked a little bit like a large brown bear, and it went... On his walk, he described getting to an area where the undergrowth was quite dense. And whilst walking, he heard more, more he heard Mormons. They were everywhere. They were like all over the place, right? You know, you go out there and there are like these Mormons everywhere. The slamming car door seemed to alarm the creature because it stood up onto its, time, onto, onto its tined legs. It had two amazing tined legs. I thought you said, Andy, that you didn't like werewolf stories. Yeah, no. Yeah, I want to do that one. There were no streetlights, as this was quite... It was quite a rural area. I cannot say this sentence. It's utterly amazing, and I, I'm, I don't like it, and I won't have it. It's as simple as that. His parents were stunned at the sheer strength that their nine-year-old, nine-year-old, nine... Hello, it's Jeremy Vine on BBC Radio 2. Have you been attacked by a giant wasp? If you have, call me. Does your dog bad? No. That's you said the dog did not bad. It is not my dog. A few more months passed, and after visiting, after visiting, he's done it again. My God, he's done it again. He's saying the words visiting. It's all new. To finally bring, bring Bill Bev. <laughs> so, it's Joe Pasquale here, and I'm on the Haunted UK podcast, and I'm hosting the show because I know a song that'll get on your nerves off. Uh, I'm a better boxer, and I'm Chris Eubank. Hey, listening, after the... See, I can't even do the bloody blooper introduction. Where we will eventually be reunited with the ones we have loved and lost. And I actually can't read the rest of the script because I've just put it off the side of the screen. What happens after we die is still a topic which continues to divide opinion. <laughs> Did you hear my throat go then? My God, it's uh, it's always on its way out now. <laughs> I'm going to have to see somebody about some medicine. <laughs> what happens after we die is still a topic which continues to vi- to divide. It continues to divide. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm making a lot of words, you know what I mean? I can't, oh, uh, shut it! 
many religions will paint the picture of a heaven-type place where we will eventually be reunited with the ones we have loved and lost. The scientific stance will paint the picture of me reading the script over and over and over again. It's Jeremy Vine on BBC Radio 2. Do you continue to do things again and again and again? If so, call me. But with the possibility of reincarnation, are there stories out there which put the argument forward that Thornwood? Thornwood? Ah, you know, isn't it? Oh, you know, marvellous. Oh, you know, T-shirts for golfers, you know, jumpers out there in the park, you know, cold. Oh, fall over, witch hazel, stings, you know, oh, isn't it? You know, marvellous. Our first case begins in 1920, when John Pollock was born. Raised in Bristol and brought up as Church of England, he later converted to Catholicism. You know, it's, uh, it's a strange religion. You know, you, uh, you know, you take your pants off and start waving them over your head, and you spray tomato ketchup all over your own uh, genitalia. That's, uh, that's what it's all about, you know. <laughs> but with the possibility of reincarnation, are there stories out there which put the argument forward? This is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's, uh, how can I put this? He's cocked up again. In 1946, Florence gave birth to their, 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 there are three, uh, sexes, if you like. There's male, there's female, and there's dirty. Five years previously, her husband, an RAF group captain, had died, leaving Marjorie and her two daughters, Penelope 16 and Prudence 13, alone in the home which they had recently... <laughs> so, here we are on Top Gear and we're going to talk about electric cars. Well, they've got their positives and their negatives. So battery jolt for you there. The newspapers covered the story extensively, and a huge outpouring of sympathy was directed towards both families of the deceased children. The aftermath affected the John and Florence. What the what? I, I tell you what. What I've done here is I've absolutely cocked the bloody script up and read something that's completely and utterly irrelevant and stupid. <laughs> I should be a scriptwriter. I should work with Steven Seagal. I'm reading the wrong thing. My God, I'm reading the wrong part. <laughs> I've gone totally mad. He's gone mad. Mad! It's alive! Alive! One of the most strangest was that... F was the fact is the... F I tell you what, there's a lot of almost swearing going on. It's like almost singing, you know. That's what a few people try and do. They go, well, if I could talk to the animals, walk with... It just bloody talk sings, don't it? As the Hi there. It's Cliff. Anyone for tennis? My balls. As the twins grew older. As the twins grew older. Did you, did you hear how I said twins? Bloody hell, Dave. Yeah, right, Denise. Yeah. As time went on, more and more people were taking an mm. My God, I've almost checked again. My God. Yeah, Lois. I yeah. Uh... I could talk Italian. After the 1967... <laughs> I remember the day. 
that I was <laughs> trying to read the story. You know, it's Ronnie Corbett here. And uh, I kept getting it wrong. And I spoke to the producer, and he said, Look, Ronnie, we're going to have to cut the monologues. Bugger.